Hello, and welcome to Shallow Waters. I'm making this episode in the morning after Martin Luther King Day. And if you could already guess by that opening, I want to speak about black history, civil rights movement, and all that jazz, just for a little bit. Let me start off by saying I have nothing against Dr. King. Uh, his methodology was a little skewed for my taste, but it, it, it's respectable for what he did and what he meant for the black community and civil rights for the time. But of course, when you read deeper into civil rights about that time, you realize Dr. King wasn't the only civil rights leader, civil rights voice of the time, or at all, ever. <laughs> there were many other voices that were heard, and I just, it always brings up a nice discussion topic, a nice point of why don't we speak about the other civil rights leaders as much, or with as much reverence as Dr. King. I know a lot of y'all out there already have <laughs> your own answer for that, but I just wonder why we don't speak about the Malcolm X's, the Stokely Carmichael's, uh, Kwame Ture, uh, or the Huey Newtons, or the Bobby Seals, or the Richard Thorns, or the Ron Everett's, or Jim Lacey's. You know, why, why we don't ever speak about other black power civil rights movement leaders the way we speak about Dr. King. You know, Dr. King has his own day, and he was assassinated by the FBI, you know. <laughs> and that's always a, always a thing that people skip over. They skip over the fact that the FBI, CIA, they uh, announced outright that they did have him assassinated. They didn't deny it. You know, they have, they have yet to come out outright and say that they were also in charge of dismantling the Black Panther group and its in its heyday, and also you know, stoking some of the flames on other revolutionary leaders. And I guess today, I just wanted to spark the question, as I like to do. Why is it that you think we don't speak about the other leaders? About the other movements at the time, you know? Why is it that you think that, as a country, we are always taught only about the non-violent, the peacefulness of Dr. King, the maturity he had not to rise and rile people up to fight. You know, in a in a study that I read the, earlier today, it was said that Dr. King, in his heyday, had a 55% approval rating in the black community for his methods at the time. That's barely more than half. That's close enough to call a recount. Uh, and, you know, upon reading and thinking on it myself, I don't think that's an unfair rating. You know, I don't think that's something that, uh, something that's so unheard of, something that's so appalling that you can't, it's just like, oh, I, I, he should be revered by all, you know. Do you remember at the time, it wasn't a peaceful time for black people in America. And it wasn't a, a peaceful movement that was being talked to a lot of Americans. You know, a lot of even black Americans talk, you know, we're thinking, hey, this guy's a little too soft for our liking, you know. 
but he was acceptable in the long run versus the alternatives when it came to white America and the country as a whole. You know, you had people like Malcolm X, Huey Newton, Bobby Seale, things like people like that. Uh, they were saying things more along the lines of arm yourselves, defend yourselves, and kill if necessary, you know. And of course, any sort of uprising like that terrifies, absolutely terrifies, any leading power. Which you can see happening right now in uh, Virginia, as they've tried, as they've tried to pass their uh, their gun laws recently uh, to confiscate guns, which is an abhorrent idea, but whatever. <laughs> uh, people have come out in mass to prove, uh, uh-uh, you ain't taking our guns, and a lot of those rights that we're fighting for today are rights that Black Americans championed back in the day you know along with Dr. King you know alongside him I I say they all had their own methodology and it was shown through history and if you read up on it uh, that it wasn't so widely accepted and like I said for obvious reasons it's a threat to any holding power you know if you're going to have a kingdom, this is called America, a kingdom, imperialistic kingdom. If you're going to have a kingdom, you can't have everybody with guns because it makes it really hard to enforce any rule you want. Whenever somebody can go, nah, I'm just not going to do that. And me and my guns and my weapons are going to say, I'm not going to do that. You know, fair. <laughs> it's a fair fear. But gun control and gun conversation is something that's for another podcast. Because I, I can talk about that all day, every day. <laughs> I believe more and more that it's much more important for especially minorities to become bigger on gun control and gun ownership. You know, But like I said, that's a topic for another time. Today's topic is why do we hold Dr. King to such a reverence? and completely ignore, at least in our, our public school curriculum and a lot of curriculum in general, why do we ignore the other black leaders? You know, most people, especially black people, don't look too much further than hearing the name of Dr. King and Malcolm X, right? And even then you have a lot of black people who said Malcolm X was too much, which I think is ridiculous because at the time, at the time of Malcolm X and Dr. King, too much wasn't wasn't the phrase, you know. By any means necessary was the movement, and for good reason, you know. A lot of these leaders along that were alongside Dr. King that I already named were very pro defend yourself, were very pro arm yourself, get ready for any, anything, you know, prepare your communities, teach your own, you know. They were very isolationist with their ideas. And if you hold that, if you hold that against the concept that Dr. King tried to push, which was integration, it's a lot more dangerous for a country to have an isolated, angry, rightfully so, population within its ranks. 
which is why Dr. King, I believe, is champion today because it was his message has been moved to everybody hold hands and act nice. Right? It's a it's a great movement to push. Hold hands, act nice, smile for the camera. Right? We'll let you into our schools. We'll let you into our theaters. We'll let you eat with us. We'll let you sit with us. Don't you go out there trying to make your own money. Don't you go out there trying to make your own communities. Don't you go out there trying to make your own financial systems. Don't you go out there trying to do anything it takes to make you stop depending on us. And that's my take for why Dr. King is held in a bigger reverence nowadays other than the other black power civil rights leaders. He pushed integration. And integration was the safest of the options for America at that time. White America at that time, at least. It was the safest. It was the one that they could still control. It was the one that they could still have a whole hold over. They didn't have to worry you know, about what black people were doing if everybody was just together and you could just watch them. They could also push the friendly, you know, well, we're all one now, you know, to try and quell some of the anger, some of the fear, some of the hatred that was coming back their way. Give them what they want so that they don't fight anymore. Give them what they want. Push that. That's what we're accepting. That's what we like. It makes sense. So I guess my question for today, I know this is a short one. I just wanted to put something else out. Uh, my question for today, how much do you know about civil rights history? Especially with February coming up. <laughs> you know, our you know, the shortest month that gets the shortest amount of time for maybe two civil rights leaders, you know? I bet every person on listening right now could tell me the whole story of Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King verbatim, Miss No Beats. But if you start talking about somebody like Stokely, Stokely Carmichael or Bobby Seale or Huey P. Huey P. Newton, uh, get a little shaky on their information about that. And that's for a purpose. So my challenge for you and everybody listening as we go into February and we, you know, get a firmer grasp in the 2020, I know it's been a, a rough, shaky start. Um, my charge for everybody is to read up a little bit on your history. Know where you come from. Understand the system. And let's stop letting people shove one narrative into our faces to our brains and demonizing the other narratives you know I'd also like to hear what everybody else thinks I'd like to hear you know what you all think about about these other leaders about these other methods you know about Doc, about Malcolm X about the Black Panthers about the, even the Nation of Islam like I said that could be its whole that could be its whole topic on its own. It's hands down, that's an interesting topic on its own. And I'll, I'll leave that one for in February. I'll do a whole cover on that. 
but just every Martin Luther King day, I always kind of, I always kind of have the same, <laughs> the same kind of feeling of, uh, it kind of feels forced, you know, it kind of feels just not right. It feels weird to have people only honor this man every year by the same country that killed him. It just, it just don't sit right. I know this was a short one today. I will, if you were listening this long, thank you. Uh, the next episode out, we'll probably have Samir back. And if you listen to, I believe it was the second episode I put out, uh, that's where he and I had a good sit down and we had a nice long conversation. So next episode will be a little bit lighthearted about that, definitely. Um, I don't know what we're going to talk about. We'll let you know. I'll let you know. But uh, until then, I'll catch you later. Okay, so I also forgot to mention that I have a Twitter now. It's ShallowWaters19. Please come follow me up there. And you can come bug me with any incessant question you have or any nice feedback or maybe not so nice feedback depending on, you know, how you're feeling. Alright, so for real this time, catch you later.